Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the All The Anime Podcast being recorded on Wednesday 25th of March 2020. I'm Jeremy Graves and I am joined by the ever-present dulcet tones of Mr Andy Hanley. Hello everybody, I'm really glad that we're, we're putting dates on the front of these episodes because it's becoming increasingly hard to figure out what day of the week it is. So I feel Oh, like it is so my, is, isn't it? This, this is my important sanity check of like, oh good, it's Wednesday, I'm going to make a note of this. <laughs> there was a point, that, uh, so I've, I feel I've been okay so far when it comes to remembering what the date is because I sort of remember it by a when we're recording a podcast, but also sort of other things that I'm doing during the week as part of my routine. So maybe like when I'm doing workouts or what day it is. But there was a genuine point this morning as I was getting ready to start work where I just suddenly went, what day is it? And I just had to look at a calendar. It's like, right, it is Wednesday. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like the middle of the week is where I kind of become unmoored because like either either side of the weekend, you know, I've got a frame of reference, but I'm now in this weird kind of, you know, no man's land of like, there's no, the, the, the weekend just gone is too far away. The weekend to come is also too far away, which should give me a clue that it's probably the middle of the week, but it feels <laughs> somehow strange. It is a weird one. It is weird getting used to this, but I mean, it's. I mean, for you, it's pretty much been a week now since working from home because I think I think I started late last week because I was still at work for a, another, another day or two before. Well, after you started from home, so uh, how has your first official week been? I guess. Yeah, it's it's been fine. I mean, my my office has become like a growing like the technology is growing. It feels like Skynet is kind of taking seed here because I kind of started off with just like a PC and a monitor, then I brought my laptop in, and now like my my work machine is here as well. So I basically have like it looks really impressive. It looks like I'm doing a lot of work because I have like three screens and like two different systems running, and you know I've got network storage and all sorts going on here. So uh, so yeah, like it's. It's become a pretty slick operation at this point. I kind of, I, I've got past those early days of like, ah, oh, I. It would be really useful if I had dot dot dot. So I now kind of have like all of my ducks in in a row, and I know where everything is, and like the the optimal way of doing things. So I've, I've very much settled into a routine now. <laughs> so it's funny you mentioned Skynet, and this is a very weird segue, but roll with me on this. Because uh, out today, I believe, is a brand new comic called Transformers vs. the Terminator. Okay. Which is literally Skynet versus the Transformers. I mean, like I... the ultimate clash. I think it's on Comixology. You could buy it from there. Oh, I'm, I'm, yeah. Like, I feel like I shouldn't be interested in that, but somehow that sounds really great. Right? Exactly. <laughs> So I was also just like having a default. It's like, well, t- Transformers would win, and they're like, but would they? So I guess I need to read it to find out. Exactly. So, so yeah, if you want to go to Comicsology, it's up there now. I think it's being released by IDW because they've got the Transformers license for the comics, if memory serves. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. Because that was in a weird place at some point, but yeah, like that. That sounds right. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So there you go, everybody. If you, if you want to have something different to it to read then uh, there you go transformers versus the terminator or it's something along those lines so. indeed that, that has also like simultaneously reminded me that uh, the uh, the japanese transformers manga the first volume is now out in english from viz media so i, I do need to pick that up at some point because i'm really interested to see what like a japanese transformers manga is like so let's just go on to this for a moment or two what, what's the what's the gimmick i guess with this like what's the sort of backstory behind this actual transformers manga specifically I mean, it is like it is proper like G one Transformers, so it's like you know the good Transformers. Um, but I I don't really know beyond that. Like I think it just went off in its own kind of continuity. I think it's probably just like well they're in Japan this time kind of thing. Like so I don't think it beyond the cat the you know the core actual Transformers. I don't think it kind of ties into any of the you know 
the US comics or anything like that. I think it's very much its own kind of set of side stories, I guess, if you like featuring the cast in, in manga style. But uh, like, I'm, I'm really curious to, to check it out at least. Yeah. Heck, you know what, mate? If we both end up buying that first issue of a, a, a be it of the manga or of uh, Transformers versus Terminator, maybe we'll just talk about it on Friday. Let people know what we thought in a spoiler-free way as possible. Yeah. I mean, let, let, let's surreptitiously turn this into a Transformers podcast because I think we both want to deep down. So why why not? Like when, when nobody's nobody's paying attention, we'll just we'll just slip in some Transformers. <laughs> Before you know, it, we'll just start reviewing all the G one episodes. Yes. Actually, do you know what? Genuine serious talk here, which I know boss man Andrew would never approve of, but I would love to just do a podcast watching the actual like Japanese series. Like what was it? Headmasters, Super God, Master Force and Victory. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I, I watched a little bit of the Headmaster stuff, and that was that was kind of uh, that was kind of my my limit for it. I mean, the, again, pe- people who are into Transformers will know about like the inf- infamously bad like English dub for some of that stuff that was done by some like Singaporean university students or whatever. Was it Star TV? That's the that's the thing that comes to mind. Yes, I think so. Yeah, and it was basically just like a bunch of students. I think that they got in to do it, and uh, yeah, like you know. Metroplex was renamed to Billy, which is still like my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think, I mean, the DVDs are long out of print over here, I think, now, but I remember they did release them in three box sets and I got all three of them, but for whatever reason, I've never actually watched all of them. I watched a, a decent amount of, um, of Headmasters, but the thing that really caught me about it was if you tried to watch it with the Japanese with subtitles, some of the names of characters were reversed. So in a sense, there's like, what is it, like Zarak, who I think ends up like evolving is the only, way I can, the only word I can think of. But eventually Scorponok becomes involved and all through the subtitles, when he's referred to as Zarak, the subtitle says Scorponok. Oh, and then when really... he and then when he becomes Scorpionok, it becomes Zarek, and I'm just like that, that's wrong. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's really confusing. Yeah, I, I thought this was going to be like a Street Fighter kind of thing where they they did weird character renaming, but no, that's just plain wrong. So. Yeah, but it, it is fascinating, and the English dub is something to behold. I remember when, what would it have been? Because the DVDs, I don't remember who released them in the UK at this point, but they used to do sort of the box sets, but they would also do like individual volumes of certain episodes. Yeah. So I think there was, there was like a DVD which had the first five episodes of season three, which was about the Quintessons, if I remember correctly. Yes, he had like five faces of darkness, I think. That That's is, yeah. the one, yeah. And then they sort of then did like another random one, which was just called Transformers, actually just Headmasters, I think, which was quote unquote season four, all three episodes of it. Yes, yeah, that was that was, the, and then that was the weird point where like the the toy sales had dropped off, and suddenly it's like, no, nah, we're not going to make any more of this. But Japan was like, we'll see, and then they just carried on doing their own thing. Exactly, but this is, but then this leads me into how I first discovered Headmasters, like the Japanese version, because they just released a DVD called Transformers Takara. Yes, yeah. Just on its own, and I just like, what the, the heck is this? And it only had the dub on it, and it is one of the most surreal experiences watching something I've ever had, not understanding why Galvatron sounded like a British general, <laughs> and then like hearing the word Billy being shouted in relation to Metroplex. And then you see Optimus Prime being alive again, and then rapidly within two or three episodes not being alive again. You're just like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it is all very strange. But uh, but hey ho, 
Yeah, so, so yeah, people. If you want to, if you want us to talk about more Transformers Japanese stuff, we're more than welcome to try. <laughs> more than happy to, rather, not more than welcome to. Yeah, yeah. Please ask us all of your Transformers-related questions. Oh God! At that point, we need to get someone for like a Transformers podcast on, or maybe like <laughs> Gorinda from Gundam Mad, because he's bound to know a bunch of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like I, I realized, like when I start reeling off episode titles, I, I too, I'm too much of a Transformers nerd for my own good. <laughs> oh, mate, Transformers is the best. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's like there are there are some good episodes of the Transformers cartoon, but there are also a lot of really bad ones. Like whenever I've tried to go back to it, and it's like, oh yeah, some of this, like especially post like the first season, was kind of like terrible, churned out rubbish. But uh, but hey, like the, the original like Marvel UK comics are great. Like they continue to be incredibly good. Yeah, because you've been telling me about those at work. They're like the actual original printed comics, and you were telling me as well they had like what was it a different printing schedule compared to America or something? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, basically, like Marvel UK like wanted to run it as a weekly comic strip, and I think like America was was like fortnightly. Uh, people are probably going to write in if I've got this wrong. So it's like basically they just started commissioning their own UK comics to to fill the gaps. Um, and they just ended up with some incredibly talented like writers and uh, and artists working on those to the point where effectively like all the UK continuity stuff was the really interesting stuff. Like they went crazy deep in a lot of the kind of like time travel on alternate universes and all of this stuff in a way that kind of the US comics were just churning out like, hey, here's the toy we want to promote this week. Whereas uh, like the UK side were were, were being a lot more kind of smart with their narratives and storytelling so yeah there's some really really actually genuinely good stories out of the marvel uk comics um which annoyingly like they've been collecting them all into to volumes for like digital release but they've stopped like when they got to the last volume because i guess sales were dropping off so like the last batch of comics before the whole thing you know kind of went uh went under as it were like have, have not actually been collated which is a shame i mean hopefully they'll go back to it at some point for all we know yeah, I don't know. It's been quite a while now. And again, it was very much like it was the point where the comic, they were cutting costs. So like they weren't like full color issues anymore. Like a lot of the comic strips were just like back to black and white, etc, etc. And I, I suspect those are feeling that, hey, this is the point where most people actually stop buying the, the comic in the first place, including myself, to be fair. So, you know, mm. there's maybe not the same audience for it. But yeah, I'd, I'd love it if they just finished it off because I have all of the rest of them on uh, uh, on my Comicsology account. And it would be nice just to have that final bunch of, of, uh, of comics for completeness they, sake. They could just confuse everyone to call it Transformers Noir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is fascinating how they get together all like the old comics and stuff like that. And there's because I mean, what was it actually? Yeah, but in fact, because in case you haven't figured it out, guys, we occasionally talk about Transformers at work a fair bit during our downtime. But the other thing that is going on currently is the, the rebranding by IDW Comics after they essentially killed the old universe and have gone back to the beginning to reboot it. And I've bought a bunch of them on sale recently. I think I've read the first issue and I'm very intrigued because at the moment everything is peaceful and happy and like Megatron and an Optim and a well, Prime, I guess, at this point, are, um... Oh, what was his, what was his original name? Orion Pax, right? There we go. Yeah. Got there in the end. My brain is working. They're just having, like, a, a, a fairly stern conversation with each other before Megatron's about to give some kind of glorious speech. And they're telling the story mainly from the perspective of a new Transformer that has been created, born, brought to life, as it were, on Cybertron. So I, I'm curious to read more at some point. 
Yeah, yeah, I'll be, be curious to hear about it because I've, I've read a few of the, the IDW comics kind of a little bit, but I've never, I've always ended up just dropping off of them, mostly for time reasons, to be fair. Like, but there, there's some good stuff out there, so it'd be, it'd be interesting to see how that's doing and, and where it's headed. Exactly, and uh, so after that detour, I guess we should probably start paying the actual bills. Oh, yeah, I guess <laughs> we should talk about anime as well. I mean, we could we could just talk about Transformers some more, but let's let's not. <laughs> So uh, thank you very much for tuning in, everybody. As mentioned, this is the All The Anime podcast. For those of you who don't know, we are the, the largest UK independent distributor of Japanese animation and cinema, home video, digitally in various forms as well. You can find our website at alltheanime.com, though one would assume that's probably how you found this, or you may have just found us on the likes of Spotify, Stitcher... Apple Podcasts, even on SoundCloud, perhaps. You can find us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Simply search for the name All The Anime. That's all one word, or just put All The Anime after the appropriate URL, and you will get there. At our All The Anime online shop, we like to try and do a deal of the week type thing, like a little special offer in case you wanted to add something to your collection, or, as is probably the case more more often than not now, Andy, uh, just to help in people's downtime <laughs> with a, a lot of free time that is going on. So the deal of the week this this week is on the classic series, well, actually just the classic franchise at this point, Martian Success and the Desco, where you can save on both the TV series and the film Prince of Darkness on Blu-ray. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, I, I mean, I think uh, long-time listeners to the, pod- yeah, to the podcast will have heard us uh, <laughs> will have heard us waxing lyrical about this one plenty of times in the past. But yeah, like it it's, uh, continues to be beloved and and something of a classic for a reason. Um, it's it's a, a twenty-six episode deal, so you know it's a, a nice long one to to uh, while away those hours. So uh, yeah, check it uh, check it out and, and grab it if you're uh, if you're keen. Indeed, and if you're looking for other things to add to your collection, our latest releases are the standard edition Blu-ray of Charles Counterattack, the Mobile Suit Gundam film, the film Penguin Highway from Studio Colorado, and the series King's Game. You can add all of those to your collection right now from our alltheanime.com online shop. And uh, Andy, I suppose actually on that front, we probably should uh, we should take a little moment to pause when it comes to talking about the shop, because obviously with everything going on and the essential, essentially lockdown that is now on in the UK, we should probably give some kind of update just to let people know where we stand in terms of running. Yes, indeed. Yeah, we have, uh, as a point of note, we have added a, a message to the, the blue banner that you'll see at the top of our shop page. We will be keeping that updated with any changes as and when you know they may occur uh, but as of now as of recording on the 25th of march we are still shipping out orders as usual obviously we're asking people to leave a little bit longer for deliveries because you know clearly you know companies are taking a, a little bit longer to turn things around in general so you know be be a little more patient but in general everything is is working as per normal uh, we're still taking orders we're still shipping orders obviously you know pre-orders are are still going into our system as per usual uh, so yeah, it's basically business as usual for us right now. Um, but obviously, you know, we are constantly keeping an eye on things and evaluating and reevaluating um, as are you know the various companies and partners that we work with. So if anything changes anywhere along the line, we will let you know via social media and via that banner in our web shop as as soon as anything does change. But uh, but for now, you know, we just uh, we continue. Yeah, and obviously we're doing podcasts like Monday, Wednesday, Friday now, so pretty much as soon as there is an update, you're going to hear about it on this podcast as well. Exactly. Uh, in other news we actually wanted to touch on briefly, uh, many of you will recall that this past December, which I say this past December like it was a month ago, but it's it's a, l- a long time ago at this point, and a very different world at this point as well, you'll recall that it was the very last minute 
operation, if you will, but the Konosuba movie was screened in selected cinemas, and we know a lot of you were able to get to screenings of it, a lot of you are also not able to see it. We are actually happy to confirm now that Crunchyroll are now streaming the film on their website, well, actually just on their service in general, aren't they, Andy? Uh, yes, indeed, yes. So, uh, yeah, you can now uh, check out uh, The Legend of Crimson, which is a really good movie. Like, if you're a fan of Konosuba, you should absolutely uh, absolutely give it a watch because it's, uh, it's a really good fun time. It's exactly what you'd expect from from uh, a feature-length version of Konosuba. It's really just a long TV episode. So, uh, yeah, like, whether you got to see it at the cinema and, and want to check it out again or you uh, you missed out on it at the time last December, again, like, you know, if, if you've uh, got some time to spare and chances are you will, then... Uh, it's, uh, it's uh, 90 minutes well spent. And for those of you who weren't aware as well, we are going to be bringing the first season of Konosuba 2 Blu-ray in the future. You can find our announcements to that over at our blog, which is blog.alltheanime.com. And also as a point of reference as well, in the show notes for each episode of the podcast we're doing, if we reference anything like the Konosuba movie on Crunchyroll or the myriad of Transformers comics that we mentioned a few minutes ago. I will put appropriate links to websites and such within the podcast now. So in the last episode, we talked about a lot of things we were watching and reading. I have put corresponding links to there as well, if anyone is curious to actually find the official website, including, for example, in the last episode, the Manga Plus app that Andy was discussing on there. I have put the link to the official website for that on there as well, if any of you are interested. Cool. Excellent. What a useful service we provide. I, I might need some of those links, so, you know, it's, it's, it's benefiting me now as well. Benefiting you personally, not benefiting your wallet. No, this is true. <laughs> so talking about what we've been watching, reading and such, Andy, uh, anything else you've been indulging in in the past couple of days since we last um, spoke yeah. on, on the podcast? Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, like, again, as, as I mentioned show you know we're kind of getting to the end of the winter season so uh, another series that I, I got to the end of uh, over the past couple of days is uh, the fake grand order anime um which i won't try and, and reel off the long title of blah 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 babylonia basically um which <laughs> how many people are going to be so annoyed at what you just said pro- probably probably but there's there's a lot of fate at this point so you know um so yeah like i I am not somebody who has played the fake, the fake Grand Order mobile game, um, which puts me at a bit of a disadvantage with this series because it actually covers one of the latest story arcs that like comes from that game. So there's a whole lot of kind of preamble that that I have missed out on, um, and at times like there are certainly moments where that is kind of becomes clear. Like there's sort of there's an anime like OVA for sort of the the origin story, if you like, for Fate Grand Order that you kind of need to watch, really, because that sort of sets the, the scene for what's going on. Um, and obviously, I've watched a lot of the other, like, mainline Fate stuff, like Fate Zero, Fate Apocrypha, all of that, which, you know, all, all kind of helps to, to feed into it. Um, but Fate Grand Order, yeah, like, there's definitely some stuff in there that, that I feel like I... I, I missed out on slash flew over my head from, from like not being completely au okay with the game. Um, but regardless of that, like it's a it's a really good romp. Like it's a really good spectacle in particular. Like a, a lot of people were worried when that series started airing because it's not uh, it's not animated by UFO Table who did you know all of the the, the mainstream you know Fate Stay Night stuff. Um, it is a, a CloverWorks uh, production who's. Like basically much like a wit studio kind of shot off from production ig um cloverworks is kind of an a1 pictures offshoot uh, but they've done a fantastic job with it it's a really great looking series all of its action set pieces are fantastically good um and so uh 
kind of that coupled with some some really strong enjoyable characters through uh, through the series uh yeah made it made it really enjoyable like it's uh, it, it's a it's a very good watch um you need to kind of at least be somewhat au fait with the fate universe in general but i think as long as you've got that kind of basic knowledge you can kind of jump into this and just go with it and have a good time so for someone like me who has literally not indulged in any of the fate stuff whatsoever what would you say maybe like a minimum required primer to have a vaguer idea of what is going on or, or be able to appreciate what is going on yeah i mean definitely i think you'd kind of want to watch like one of the og fate stay night roots i mean probably at this point you'd either want to watch like unlimited blade works the tv series or obviously the third film isn't out to like later it's out like the next month or two i think in japan but like it'll probably be like a a little longer for the uk but like the the three heavens feel films are are kind of another route Uh, but yeah i think probably watching unlimited blade works would be the way to go um and then and then basically just watching kind of like the I forget the exact name of it, but like it's basically like the the origin kind of OVA that they put out for for um, Fate Grand Order, which kind of sets up like here's what's going on in this particular bit of the the Fate universe. Those are kind of the two things you probably need to be able to appreciate what goes on from there. Oh, there we go. So if anyone was curious as to how to get into it, much like myself, which given the amount of extra time we've, we, we may potentially end up having over the next month or so, Andy, I, I might genuinely give the Fate Universe a try. It's, I think it's something I tried to delve into once before, but I just immediately felt really lost. I don't remember what it was. It may have been Fate Zero that I tried. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's always the, the interesting debate that I actually love having with people because everybody has a slightly different take on it. Like some people, Fate Zero was my entry to Fate, um, but like, I think I knew enough by a kind of cultural osmosis to be able to jump into it. Um, cause Fate Zero is weird because, you know, it's a prequel, but obviously it was written after original Fate Stay Night. So it has this weird kind of place where it's kind of the starting point of everything, but it's also a starting point that was written with the kind of knowledge of what comes afterwards. And I think it has a certain expectation of viewer knowledge of that as well. Um, but I think Unlimited Blade Works, the TV series, is probably a pretty good starting point. Like, you know, it's... I, I think that covers everything in a way where, you know, you can you can jump in fresh and you'll probably get something out of it. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a really interesting one because everybody has a different take on where you should start with your fate watching. And uh, it, it usually descends into an argument. So I'm expecting I'm, I'm expecting some replies to this podcast. Well, you know what to do, folks. Use that hashtag, ask all the anime if you want to send in thoughts for the podcast and such if you're on Twitter and, uh, and Instagram and just, just find the... the the question post that we'll be doing on Facebook for the podcast, just respond to that. Or you know, send a private message on Facebook if that's one way you want to communicate it and you'd rather remain anonymous, which I won't lie, a few people have done before and such. So, you know, go for it. Yeah. In terms of something I've been watching, I am... Um, it's weird. I'm sort of taking the opportunity having a bit more time at home to actually delve into some more of our own catalogue that we have because while I try and watch as much as I possibly can from what we are obviously what we've made available on blu-ray and such there comes a point where there just physically is not enough time and you just need to have your brain go elsewhere so i randomly decided to jump into eureka 7 the actual original tv series because i've i've not the only thing i've ever seen of eureka 7 is eureka 7 high evolution which with absolutely no context of the series whatsoever i will say it was a difficult watch because i i couldn't understand or really grasp the context of virtually anything that was going on. 
So it was a bit of a unique watch for me in that sense. But I decided, you know what, I actually... I'm really interested in going back to the original TV series. I also felt in the mood to watch an old Studio Bones show because their stuff is really freaking nice to watch. And so far, this hasn't disappointed. I've managed to get through, I think it's the first 13 episodes, Andy, within the last couple of days. It, basically, it's the, the one with the first opening theme song because when I put the next episode on very late last night and there was a different theme song, I thought, nope, this feels like a good jumping off point for the night. <laughs> so... <laughs> So that's where I stopped. So I think I, I've essentially watched the first arc, I assume, of, a, of the series. And it, it is interesting. Just, first of all, the level of animation quality, you sort of... I think I mentioned it when talking about the first episode of Cardcaptor Sakura very, very briefly the other day ahead of our talk on Friday, which we'll be sure to make mention of again at the end of the podcast, so stay tuned for that. But just the, the appreciation of the quality of animation of some of these older shows that you just not forget, but you just almost re-appreciate just how great they are because you already know it's going to look great but there are just some stunning action moments in this show which you just have to take you almost just take a moment and go how the heck did you pull that off yeah i mean it's one of the things i, I remember from uh, from when we had the the director of the tv series and the high evolution films for uh, scotland loves anime and uh, like he talked about eureka 7 kind of being one of the last kind of hands-drawn mech anime that kind of you know not long after Eureka 7, a lot of things started to go, you know, all CG for kind of robot designs and, and the actual mech stuff. Whereas and it's something, is, he, it's something he took pride in as well. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of something that they they carried on with into the, the High Evolution films or, or certainly into, to the, into the first one. And, and yeah, like, I think there is... There is something to that. Like, I mean, as much as I think actually CG has improved, certainly in terms of stuff like mechs and things where they're, they're composited in much better and they kind of feel a lot more natural. Like, there is something to seeing that kind of hand-drawn stuff, like, when it, it really goes for it. And, uh, yeah, like, it's been a very long time since I watched Eureka 7 now. I've got, I can't even think, like, how many years ago it must have been that I watched that. But, uh, yeah, like, I do remember it having some some really standout moments, especially when it has a, a kind of killer soundtrack behind it as well that kind of powers it along. Mm. So that's been fun watching that. And a couple of... It's weird as well, because, obviously, having seen High Evolution but really not being able to appreciate it without the full context of anything, uh, it is weird watching this knowing that High Evolution... High Evolution Film 1, sorry, I should say specifically, it exists because the, the big part at the start of that film is an event which is referenced a fair bit in this TV series, but I'm assuming you never actually see happen. So that event, you actually get to see it happen in High Evolution. And I, did, I decided not to go and watch that because I thought, you know what, I just want to sort of experience this how it originally was when first presented. But it is weird knowing in the back of my mind that that actually now does exist and I could just go back and watch it to maybe get a greater, greater appreciation of that particular event. But it is interesting how occasionally it's referenced in certain things and they sort of make mention and allude to a lot of things, but half the time it really doesn't have any bearing on things other than the current state of the world and certain random things that occur. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very much kind of, you know... It, it it's very much just the precursor to the state of the world at that time. And in a way it's kind of inconsequential for the most part as to like the nitty gritty of how that happened. It's kind of a bit like, you know, uh, um, the NGS Evangelion has like second impact, which is a thing that, you know, you kind of get to see parts of at, at some point in that series, but actually like just the knowledge that 
this bad thing happened and it messed up a lot of stuff is kind of all you need to know. And so, yeah, like the, the High Evolution movie depicting that is very much kind of like fan service in the purest sense of like, oh, hey, here's like a cool, cool, well-animated version of the thing that happened. Um, and, you know, there, there are maybe some some little bits within that that are kind of interesting. But for the most part, it's kind of all you need to know is that the thing happened and not kind of the, the exact kind of, you know, point by point of, of how it went down. Mm. The other thing as well, which is, is more just an interesting, a more interesting element looking back at how all the TV shows were produced and such, is more just sort of how long it it feels. Not in a negative way, but in that because because how many sh- how many how many shows how many episodes is this roughly fifty? It is fifty, is it? yeah, it's fifty eps, yeah. Yeah, so when you factor in that this is fifty episodes long, and I got to about episode maybe six or seven, and I just kind of started thinking. This this is taking a, a little while to get going, not in a bad way, just kind of more as an observation. That it's sort of, I, nowadays I'm kind of used to things maybe just picking up the pace a little, unless it's just a glorified filler episode or a filler arc or something. But yeah. it, it, it was it, it was very weird having that feeling, but like I say, not in a bad way, just as an observation, just thinking, oh yeah, this is. I've sort of forgotten this is how TV shows used to be, and although I've been watching Gundam Wing and such, which a lot, virtually all of that feels relevant in some way, shape, or form. Whereas there are some parts, I think one of the episodes I watched, there was like, like they were basically, the, the crew of the Gecko State were hazing Renton by making him do a delivery of ramen somewhere, as an example, which was good fun. I really enjoyed watching that. But then when I sort of thought about it after, it's like, oh yeah, that's that kind of seems a little bit weird in the context of having this be part of a 50 episode show but then it wasn't weird in a bad way it was kind of almost like a like a a needed break to kind of get you ready for what was going to come next yeah yeah it it is it is a strange one when you look at it kind of you know in in modernity because yeah like most series have to have to run with the idea that they're going to be kind of you know 13 or 26 episodes and if they're 26 it's probably going to have to kind of get split down in the middle somewhere into kind of a split core show um so you don't see many of those kind of like 50 episodes sort of behemoths anymore that have a lot of room to breathe and kind of go off on tangents etc etc like most anime now has to be pretty pretty tightly paced if it's not kind of a long-running shonen series um, so yeah, you don't get the likes of kind of this or, or you know stuff like Nadia that you know has a, a, a kind of goes off all all, all directions sort of you know for a, for a middle chunk of episodes. And another thing which I I really enjoyed was just the overall look and feel of the show because when you look at the character designs and such, it really does. It, it's just so unique and just so diverse, and it's almost like a wonderful. It was almost like a buffet of just different styles and colour palettes and just it's it's a very, very wonderful visual feast for the eyes, Eureka 7, just in general, be it from the way the mechs look to the clothing designs, even just like maybe the layout of a cockpit or something, or like the the particular design of a uniform. Like it's it sounds very weird to perhaps highlight that, but again, with it being an older show, I sort of have refound a nice appreciation for that type of thing. Yeah, I, mean, I think Eureka 7 is an interesting one visually as well because it has a lot of elements that are kind of instantly recognisable, like hallmarks of 
that genre like you know there, there's definitely a feel to it that you know you've seen before in Gundam series you know Evangelion you name it but there's also enough of a fresh spin on it you know from the whole kind of like weird kind of you know surfing in the air element through to kind of like the organizations involved and you know the character this kind of ragtag group of characters in, um, involved that makes it feel like it's it's very it, it almost makes it feel like it's fresher than it kind of is design-wise, I suspect. But, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really nice-looking show, and it, it definitely... I mean, it's one of the, the great things about being able to do an Ultimate Edition for it here is, like, there's a, a lot of great art and design work and kind of cool ideas and, and and a look to everything that is really nice that, you know, you can just do a big old art book to explore it. And you know, even just mentioning that, you're actually now fully appreciating what the heck a Rayout magazine is. Like it's a really yeah. <laughs> it's a really small detail, but in our ultimate edition, our art book was in the style of the Ray Out magazine from the show, which I understood in a in a sort of small context at the time we were releasing it, just because of the way things work out. Again, I didn't get time to watch it before we released it. But now sort of going back and looking at that and having a much deeper appreciation for it, it's just a wonderful little touch. So Fair play, boss man, Andrew, for that. Fair play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there is a method to our madness, as it turns out. So, yeah, I'm going to carry on watching that. And another thing as well to talk about when it comes to the actual designs of it and, and the uniqueness, it's like even... I mean, I've just encountered a character called Anemone, I think it's pronounced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, her her design inside the... Oh, I can't remember what the, the machines are called, but inside the machine, like, the suit that she wears, it's just a really unique-looking design in general. And is vastly like in in contrast to anything else in the show so far. So again, just little things like that just stand out like a not like a sore thumb, but in a great way. Yeah, yeah, and it all kind of it all fits into the the, the grander story of that series as well. Like it's not it's not this isn't the kind of series where a character or whatever would look different or dress differently just because like everything kind of has a place to it. It's not just a character designer being like, you know, Hey, I'm just going to do something different today. Um, so it all kind of actually fits together in, in, in the fullness of time as well, which is, uh, is also enjoyable and appreciable. And I suppose the final thing I will make mention of, and this isn't actually anything to do with the show itself or what is presented in front of me, but Given given the state of play with things in general in life, you know, with essentially being locked down and whatnot, actually kind of watching a journey happen like this, just exploring the world, being in like a small town and now being on like a spaceship and just going about the place and doing all these things. I'm having a weird, deeper connection, not a weird, deeper connection, but I think I'm having more of a deeper connection with the story and the show, maybe because of the current situation, maybe just because I'm really up for watching something like this, but in a weird way, the current state of things, I think it means I've connected with this on a deeper level than I originally anticipated. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely something to that. Like, I mean, certainly some of the stuff that I've been kind of like reading and watching over the past week or so, I certainly feel like I've connected with stuff in different ways. And I think, yeah, like obviously the things you watch are informed by kind of, you know, you, you can't watch things in a bubble. Everything is informed by your own kind of life experiences, be they immediate or, or longer term. And so, yeah, I suspect I suspect there'll be an interesting kind of element of that as, as we sort of move through this time where people will start to reevaluate and perhaps appreciate certain works in different ways. Like, I mean, again, not to go back, so it means stuff like Animal Crossing. Like, it has a very different meaning to playing that game than I suspect it would have done 
had it come out like last year or something. And it's, it's, it's interesting how kind of, you know, the life around you kind of recontextualizes the, the culture you consume. Couldn't have put it better myself, mate. Anything else you wanted to uh, to add to the list, as it were, that you've been indulging in, or anything to mention? Uh, no, no, I think uh, I think that's uh, that's everything from uh, from me. Uh, I suppose we might as well make mention of it in case anyone's really curious. But uh, a couple of days on an Animal Crossing, uh, how are you faring? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I feel like I'm sort of watching what everyone else is doing on social media and feel like I'm kind of way behind the curve. Um, whether it's just because I'm, I'm, you know, just feeling my way through it or whether everyone else is just kind of skipping their system clocks forward a lot. I don't know. Um, but my museum opened last night. And, and I mean, talking about kind of, you know, uh, things resonating with you. So basically, uh, as I think I mentioned on the last show, like you can collect, you know, fossils and foreign fauna to, to give to this museum. Um, that, that kind of starts getting built in your in your uh, village on your island, and uh, at some point when you have enough exhibits, it basically gets turned into a full blown museum. And like that opened on my uh, on my island yesterday, and it was just like a really almost kind of emotional moment where like you have like a little opening ceremony for it, and then you just get to walk around this like full blown museum that is incredibly like beautifully designed it's really well kind of uh like sort of illustrated on screen and the, like the soundtrack's really good as well and it's just this really kind of quite intense experience in a weird way of like being able to walk around this museum with things that you've collected and they're all just kind of you know organized and com- compartmentalize and kind of showcased in this really kind of compelling way and there's no kind of like you think about collectibles in video games, it's normally about, for the most part, it's about looking at a percentage meter of like, oh, I've collected X number of these out of so many. But there's something way deeper about the way Animal Crossing does it, where, you know, you're just putting stuff into a museum that you can just go in at any time and just walk around. Like, you're not really going to necessarily get anything for doing it. It's just there, and it's an achievement that you can just feel proud of in this sort of far more nebulous way. And so, yeah, that was quite an experience of just, like, I I tweeted out about it. It's, like, one of the most beautiful things I've experienced in a video game. Um, And so, yeah, it was really kind of of weirdly affecting. Um, So, yeah, I'm still having a good time with it, in short. Nice. I am... I am genuinely thinking about buying it, but then there is also the part of me that's like... I know I still need to kind of watch a lot of stuff from a work perspective as well, and I'm, yeah, I'm still, I'm still umming and ahhing because of, partly because of what I mentioned in, on the on the last show, but also just because, yeah, just I don't, I don't know. I need to have a think. Also, like fifty quid is kind of a lot to drop at this point, or fifty or sixty quid, whatever it is, on the eShop. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's always the problem with Nintendo games is like they never really devalue particularly, like even secondhand. You know, it's some games you can look at and say ah, if i give it like six months it'll be like half price or something but nintendo games just don't devalue in that way so you kind of know that you're you're going to be on the hook for something approaching that cost regardless of when you buy it mm. so there we go anything else to, to make mention of before we wrap up andy because i think now's pretty as good a time as any to be quite frank uh no i think i think that's uh, that's all from me now, so there we go. The only thing I will mention before we depart is uh, what we're going to be doing on Friday's show, because as we mentioned last week and also touched on on, on um, the Monday podcast, this coming Friday, we're going to be looking at the first three episodes of Card Captor Sakura, which are available to stream on the Channel 4, all four on-demand service, completely for free as well, so you can go and check them out right now. Probably about the first three to five episodes, I say. We haven't entirely decided on a number, but minimum first three 
And what we're very likely going to be having as well is uh, maybe another member or two of our team joining us on the podcast, Andy, to actually to talk about it with us. Yeah. One of, one of them may be a giant fan of Cardcaptor Sakura. The other may also be a giant fan of Cardcaptor Sakura that we weren't perhaps as aware of before this podcast happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As, as it turns out, yeah, lots of uh, lots of hype for Cardcaptor Sakura in, in our office. So, uh, so yeah, I've done my homework. I've watched the first three episodes uh, last night at the time of recording this. So, uh, so yeah, I'm I'm all set and uh, yeah, kind of kind of looking forward to to being able to to shoot the breeze about it with some folks. Yeah, so we're not entirely... I'll be blunt, everyone. We're not entirely sure of the format of how we're going to talk about it. But I suppose the way to put it is there will be some spoiler talk because there's probably going to have to be. But like I say, won't be any more than the first five, but definitely the first three episodes at the rate it is going. And I'll put the link to the uh, to the Channel 4 website as well for the Cardcaptor Sakura page in the show notes at blog.alltheanime.com should you want to join in the fun as well. And what we also want to do as well is have your thoughts on those first three episodes as well. We'll, we'll talk more about that on Friday specifically because we, we think we've got a, a nice way of being able to implement that. But, um, yeah. I, and uh, you know what, Andy? I said we're about to end the show. I, I actually lied because uh, we do actually have to get some questions that we've received. Oh, cool. Yes, let's, uh, let's get to it. Exactly, because we, we did make mention that we would follow up on some questions and we've got some additional ones as well. So the first one we've got from Otaku In, any chance of you getting any old school animes from the 80s or 90s? So I mean, we've just mentioned Cardcap Sakura, which we're we're releasing. So I mean, I guess that that came to old school now. Uh, we also have Magic Knight Rayeth coming up later this year, so that's uh, that also counts, I think. Um, Sub City Oedo, we mentioned on the last podcast, that is still in progress. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess like Inuyasha as well. I suppose we should mention Utena. Isn't that you're right? Yeah, Utena also. So yeah, I mean, it's always something that we're we're looking at and we're we're kind of keen on. You know, if the if the stars align on on a title, and uh, particularly if it's something that's you know sort of beloved from you know older fans, or, or we think it's something that will will have a new audience, then yeah, like you know we're, we're never against the idea. We're not just here to release brand spanking new stuff. You know there is a, there is a, a wide treasure trove of uh, of anime over the decades at this point. So you know we're we're always happy to to look at stuff, and you know if people have specific suggestions, always always happy to hear them. Exactly. We do have to be a little bit selective on them as well. Like I mentioned on the last podcast, I would love it if we could bring out Dominion Tank Police again. But being realistic, you've got to be selective in, on a number of things, and you've got to think way up a lot of different options. So, not that I ever know if it will ever happen, but that's kind of another example of lots of what we would love to do versus what we can do. Indeed. From Elsie Gatsu, can we hint at any not yet announced physical releases that are upcoming? Um, no, because then we'd be announcing them. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's a. Uh, I see what you're trying to do there. Fair play, but <laughs> yeah, but uh, no. I mean, in seriousness, you know, we've we've got a lot of stuff that, that we're we're working on right now, and kind of you know getting final plans together for. Um, you know, obviously, particularly while you know things are are in a bit of a state of flux, you know. The, the the big issue is is increasingly going to be like figuring out precise dates for things as as you know a lot of that is going to be variable on outside forces at this point in time. But uh, no, like I know uh, Keith, our main kind of production manager in particular, is is hard at work kind of churning through uh, 
you know getting getting things together for a lot of our forthcoming releases i've i've got a few on on my own plate that i'm working on currently as as we've sort of mentioned in previous shows so uh yeah we will we'll hopefully have some some really cool stuff that we can show off on a, on a number of titles soon but uh you know it's uh, it's really just a matter of time so uh, watch this space as with all of these things from x just literally x uh, are we ever going to license march comes in like a lion season 2 don't know Literally, yeah. we don't know. We'd like we've all, again. It's another thing we've not shied away from. We'd love to release it if the opportunity were to ever come about. But as things stand, we only have the license for the first season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, season two of, of that show is is terrific. So, like, I'm absolutely with you on wanting to uh, to give it a, a UK airing as we did season one on home video. But uh, yeah, nothing to nothing to say at this time. But yeah, like uh, like many things, it's it's very much on our radar and if we can do it then we'll certainly look into it from madison aka to sushi i'm sure there's probably a, a, a particular reasoning or naming behind that but I, I shan't ask right now when can we expect full metal panic f- uh, iv i was gonna say full metal panic 4 which is technically correct and uh, will you be will you be releasing any other anime from netflix like last hope among others when it comes to Full Metal Panic Invisible Victory, that is that's in the works at the moment, isn't it? Because I think Keith is on that, right? Uh, yes, yeah, that is very much being being worked on. Yeah, like that's one where uh, th- this was very much a title where we could have gone like the the easy route of just kind of you know knocking together something simple and and putting it out there. But you know, as as people know, we've we've done an ultimate edition of, of Full Metal Panic in the past. Uh, we're big fans of the series, and so yeah, we're taking the time to to get everything that we can together materials wise for it and to you know make a a cool collector's edition that, that will be kind of you know an important uh, an important part of a, of a franchise that we really love here so uh so yeah it's, it's, it's certainly coming down the line currently so uh, again that's one of those titles hopefully we'll be able to talk about sooner rather than later in terms of exactly what we're doing yeah well, hopefully with all the stars align and we can talk about it more it will make a lot more sense as to why it's taken a while indeed from from Etchi, any chance of getting three by three eyes over here? Do you know what? I don't know, but that kind of falls into the bracket again of the eighties nineties question that we had, and that, that being a, a proper old school title. I honestly don't know if that is going to be possible or not. Uh, obviously, if we could, it'd be great if we could, especially as we're you know working on Cyber City. It kind of falls into that wheelhouse, but no idea. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I'm curious as to sort of what the uh, the interest level is in that title as well. I mean, obviously, Cyber City Wader we know is kind of a classic for for a number of reasons. But yeah, three by three hours. I'm not sure. Like, it, again, in terms of feedback, be be interesting to hear if it's a series that people are people are big fans of out there. But so yeah, like certainly no no plans at, at the moment. Um, and I also just realised we we kind of missed out on the the second half of that last question about other Netflix titles. We totally um, did, didn't we? Sorry. Yeah, which we, we should probably mention. <laughs> like that kind of stuff it's all very much on a case-by-case basis kind of like whether it's a netflix title or not is it's not irrelevant because obviously there's kind of like the the digital rights angle to to think about and there's also kind of potential holdbacks from netflix uh but beyond that you know we kind of when it comes to netflix shows you know we're just looking at them on their own merits effectively um obviously you know we we have a few now you know we've got be the beginning we've got uh, you know kakaguri coming further down the line so on and so forth um you know i know people keep asking me about uh, yeah we have Ajin indeed uh you know they've 
people people keep asking me about Little Witch Academia as an example, and I know there are some others that people are keen on. Devil May Cry Baby, um, you know, which another. we should clarify, we do not have the license to those two. Yeah, so yeah, those those are just the ones that people keep asking us about incessantly. But yeah, we're always you know we're always looking at, at things, and you know, obviously we're we're very much aware of the existence of a lot of these titles. But yeah, it's really it's a case by case thing, and it, it depends on you know the. The cost, the timing, you know, what, what's available and when and so on and so forth. So, yeah, we'd never say never to any of those. But, uh, yeah, no, nothing that we have kind of, uh, you know, in, in the pipeline beyond stuff we've already announced thus far. Yeah, and when it comes to actually releasing, I'll just say the Netflix shows for want of a better wording or phrasing. When it comes to actually being able to release them, sometimes it, it literally, but because it's still kind of fairly new ground on this, it can take a while for far longer, I should say, for certain titles to come out than originally expected. Not necessarily probably for reasons you're thinking of, but just a lot of like behind-the-scenes stuff, which we can't actually go to on the, into depth on, on this podcast. But if something is taking a while to be released, there is actually a reason for it. It's not just us twiddling our thumbs waiting on it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, kind of, and again, that's, that's a very sort of variable and, and moving feast. I mean, Be the Beginning is a good example. A, a title that's taken longer than we anticipated simply because there are so many cool things that we could do with it and as, as we announced back in october you know in the end we've decided to make an ultimate edition for it because we got all of the materials and like holy crap like we can make a really great book out of this like you know we can include the soundtrack cd we can do all this great stuff with it so at, at that point you know we kind of retooled our plans and, and started thinking more grandiose about it which of course then you know means it takes longer to actually kind of create and produce and, and get these things approved. So yeah, like there, there are a myriad reasons why things can, can take longer. Um, and uh, yeah, like it's, it tends to be a very case by case thing. From Jonathan, is there any chance you will acquire recreators in, in the near future? Do you know what? I can speak for Andy on this. We would love to have the license to that if possible, because we're both big fans of it. Yeah, yeah, I really love that series. It, it's really, it's really interesting actually that people have started talking about that show a lot because, like, that series aired like it was, you know, it, it fell, it fell into the the Amazon Prime kind of category where, you know, I think a lot of people forgot it was on that service. Um, and there was definitely that there was a lot of hype and talk about it when that show started airing. Kind of dropped off at some point and then i didn't hear anybody talk about it for quite a while but over the last few months people have just kept asking me about recreators again like whether it's the same person who's like a master of disguise and like keeps coming up to me as different people to say hey what about recreators in the hope of like pulling the wool over my eyes and thinking that thousands of people want it i don't know um but yeah like I, suddenly people keep mentioning recreators to me and yeah like no 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 news on it no word on it you know it's, it's not anything that, that we have kind of you know hidden under our under our hats or anything Thing, but uh, yeah, like me, me and Jeremy, both big fans of that show, did a, a lot of very good things. And do you know what? If you haven't checked it out yet and you've got Amazon Prime and you have some downtime, do yourself a favor and watch it. I'll put the link in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Give it, uh, give it a look. So, oh, blimey, Andy, this is a bit of a deep one, which may take us a minute or two to answer. So, from Joker Ventura, in the spirit of the lockdown, if you had to be stuck at home with three anime characters, which three would you like to be stuck with and which three would you hate to be stuck with? <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay. That's, okay, that, well, that how do you want to do this? Do you want to name like, name, like, three each and just go that, like, as we go along or we could do, like, one at a time? How do you want to do uh, this? I mean, yeah, maybe, well, say, I, I, I think my... 
My first pick for somebody that I want to be stuck in, in isolation with is uh, Momo Yo. What's her name? Uh, Yaya's Rosu from uh, My Hero Academia because she can basically like create anything. So that would be <laughs> really useful. Like, never mind your toilet roll shortages. It's just like, hey, we're at a toilet roll. Oh, that's fine. I'll just make some. So, so that's my first pick because because uh, yeah, like Momo could could fix all of my kind of you know shortage problems with with no little to no issue. See, my first pick was going to be Sanji from One Piece purely because he's an amazing cook and could probably yeah. turn anything into a good meal. Yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, yeah, you definitely need a good chef on board. Like, I'm now trying to think of another kind of, like, you know, good chef character. Like, probably, I don't know, like, main character from Food Wars or something, whose name <laughs> I completely the, forget. The, the ultimate food right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, sure, that'll, that'll, that'll work for me. <laughs> I think that, that to sort of steal the next pick quickly, I, I would want someone who would be perhaps a lot more exercise inclined or perhaps, like, very regimented when it comes to a training regime to make sure that I'm ready for anything, like, for whatever would happen. So, as a wild card pick, I'd probably choose Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> because he would be so strict on having to keep to a training regime, I would I would be in, the, like, the physical peak when it comes to anything that would happen during a lockdown. Imagine how annoyed and angry he'd be the whole time about being stuck <laughs> indoors, though. Just be, like, constant, just, like, whining about it. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Like now, I'm now I'm struggling for struggling for picks. Well, let's, let's let's do it in terms of themes then. So, if you if you wanted to help, have someone to help keep you being active, like is there a character that comes to mind? <sighs> no, there's. Uh, I can't really. I can't really think of any. Um... What about a character from an entertainment point of view? Like who who would be like good to just to keep you entertained the whole time? Yeah, yeah. That's what I was I was kind of thinking. Like who would who would be who would be good for that? I mean, I, I guess I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll. Maybe this is where my like love live fandom like shines through, and I'll just say like <laughs> Yo from Love Live Sunshine because I don't know she can sing at me or something. It'll be fine. <laughs> I think another one I may pick is I would want someone who is like very like internet or world savvy to like be on standby in case something were to happen. So I don't necessarily know which person I would excuse me I would choose, but probably a member of Section Nine from Ghost and Shell. Okay, so when you said that, I started thinking about Lane from Serial Experiments. Lane, it's like, I don't okay. know, that might, that might end up going real bad. <laughs> but no, like, one of the members of Section 9, I can't think who specifically, but, I mean, obviously you probably just default to the Major, I guess, but then again, you know, some of them perhaps are just way more used to deep diving into the, you know, the, the, I don't know, random reaches of the internet to get the information you need, which, in the current state of things, might be quite handy. Yeah, yeah, in, in, indeed. I, I think maybe one of my other practical picks might be um, uh, either Hollow or Lawrence from Spice and Wolf. Because if all else fails, they can just like barter like whatever I need. I'll just like I'll just send them out to like you know I'll send them out with some wheat, and then they'll come back with my entire week's shopping and and like the ownership of a small country or something. <laughs> all right. So what about people you would hate to have them? Three that we would hate to be in lockdown with. I I don't know. I mean, I, I I'm I'm going to stick with my like My Hair Academia theme and say like back ago from My Hair Academia would be a nightmare to be stuck <laughs> in a house with because a a he'd probably set it on fire at some point and nobody wants that and then b he'd just be very angry about everything the rest of the time. So uh, so he's my first pick. Uh, okay, my first round draft pick for this Aqua from Konosuba. <laughs> <laughs> See, I I don't know. Like, I think I think I. 
I, I think there would be something endearing, and at least I'd have somebody to get drunk with if Aqua was there. But then there is also the constant whining element as well. There is also the constant whining element, so I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. What man. about what about someone else for who you would hate to be stuck with? Yeah, man, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Do you know, actually, I've just been talking about Eureka 7. I might pick Renton as someone I wouldn't want to be stuck in lockdown with. Yeah, yeah. He can, I mean, he can get really annoying in that show. <laughs> yeah, there's there's definitely that whole kind of that whole kind of genre of protagonists like, you know, him like Shinji from Evangelion, etc. Cetera, etc., cetera, who who certainly have their moments where you'd probably want to, to kick them out of the house. So uh so yeah, I can uh, I, I can get behind that. So do you know what? I've actually just thought of this from from two ways. So you could probably pick this as someone you'd want to be stuck with, but also equally not. I just suddenly thought of Levi from Attack on Titan. Yeah, I mean, hey, if you if you if if the cleaner needs doing, then exactly right, Levi's your man. But then again, the trouble is he'd probably expect you to do the cleaning and just bitch exactly. You right. just read my mind. So yeah. it is a, a double edged sword. <laughs> so come on, who else you got? Hmm, who else do I have? Hmm. You can pick a Transformer if you want. (laughs) I mean, I'm not sure any of the Transformers would fit in my house, so in that sense, they'd all be a bad pick. Ah, oh, I don't know. I guess uh, that's it's almost tough because there are so many anime characters that I would not want to share a house with for any like significant period of time. Like, I feel okay, like I'll, most t- I'll, t- of- I'll tell you what. Then let, let, let's see if I can help you. Out. Let, let, let's do this a slightly different way. Is there anyone from Code Geass, for example, you would just absolutely not want to be stuck around with? You know what? I think Suzuki would be really annoying to spend a lot of time with. Like, because he'd just be so self-righteous of like, oh, are you really eating another custard cream? Like, are you not thinking about everybody else in this house? All these other anime characters we are somehow collected with. Like, I don't know. I think, I think he'd be way too self-righteous to be in isolation with for a long time. Okay. I wasn't expecting you to be so forthright with that, but fair play. <laughs> yeah, like as soon as that came into my mind, it's like, you know what? So, so do you need one more? Um, or was I that know. three? I, I think that was probably my three, wasn't it? I can't, I can't remember. I know there's back again in there, and I can't remember what my second one was already, which shows you how much I've thought about this. I mean, because I was going to say, the next two shows I was going to mention, depending on how many more picks you potentially needed, were going to be Kill the Kill and ReZero. Those were the other two shows I was just about to mention. Oh yeah, see, I'd, see, Kill a Kill. I don't know if there's anybody that I really like hates to be stuck in a room with from Kill a Kill because I feel like they they all have their kind of redeeming points that would actually make them at least okay to hang out with. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and what, 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 what was the other show you said? Kill a Kill. Three, three zero. Three zero. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's there's a lot of people who are only really interested in murdering guys. I mean, the like <laughs> Beetlejuice from from Rezero is not somebody you want to hang out with at, at any point in time. Oh God, so. can you imagine? Yeah, like I mean, you know, he's uh, <laughs> obsessive and murderous, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, so you know, not not really a good housemate. <laughs> uh, right. Well. uh so we've got a couple more to round off on now. So hopefully these won't be. Hopefully we won't just lowered the bar from that, as it were. <laughs> um, what else do we have there? Any news on the home video releases of Lupin the Third Part Five or Castlevania Season Two? When it comes to Castlevania Season Two, we don't actually have the license for that. It's only the first season specifically that we have. But obviously, 
if the opportunity comes about, would love to be able to release it because, to be quite frank, you guys really loved the first season release that we did and it still continues to be a popular release of ours. So on that notion, given that we really like it and you guys really like it, we'd love to do season two if, it was, if there was an opportunity to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if, if we possibly can, we will we will certainly uh, endeavour to do so. But yeah, certainly nothing to report at this time. And as for Lupin the Third Part 5, it's still in the works, but no news to report on yet. Yeah, I think it's fair to say probably expect home video for that to be early 2021. Um, so uh, yeah, like we, we certainly we've we started looking at, at that, but I think in terms of you know availability of, of everything that 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 we'll need to put together a good release, um, I think early 2021 is probably the the safe expectation for that. But uh, obviously, we will update people as and when we have more on that one. Indeed, and from a personal point of view, I would also probably like to throw out there that given... What's the way to put this delicately? Given the, the, the unique situation when it came to how Part 4 was... Uh, how Part 4 ended up being when it came to there being an English dub of it versus the Japanese version, it was kind of a very unique set of circumstances. So it might also be a case of just seeing what are any plans, if any, for maybe making another English language version of it. Because we, I, don't, I legitimately don't know if there are any plans. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, obviously, it's just kind of a, a wait and see on that one. But yeah, I think, uh, you know, set, set, set your calendars for early 2021 on that one, I would suspect. Have we considered licensing the CG film Lupin the Third, the first? Do you know what? We've all had a good chuckle at the trailers in the office for it, haven't we? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's looks surprisingly cool. Like when I heard they're making a CG Lee Pan film, I was just like, but this is going to be a bit like a, a bit ropey, but like it looks really good. And uh, yeah, like I'm kind of really into it. I mean, yeah, obviously like nothing for us to report on it, but you know, given that we've released some Lupin stuff, we were certainly really interested to look at how it turned out. And from the trailers and stuff we've seen, it it looks pretty cool. So, uh, so yeah, nothing, nothing to say um, in terms of, of us licensing it, but, uh, but yeah, you know, we're, we're certainly as we, as, as you have seen, we're open to, to, you know, grabbing Lupin stuff if we can so you know watch this space I guess I should clarify so when I said we had a good chuckle at trailers in the office it was more from that perspective of oh my god what are they gonna do and then we were all chuckling it's like this actually looks really good fun yeah so that, yeah it was I more mean, from that perspective if anyone took that to mean something else I just wanted to clarify yeah no absolutely it was uh, I think it's fair to say you know we probably didn't have particularly high expectations of it in in that sense because you know sort of CG anime is, is kind of quite hit and miss but they've, they've really like they've really nailed it I think so uh, yeah I'm kind of excited to to hopefully get to see the, the full finished film at, at some point because uh, yeah I'm, I'm definitely curious about it personally Last couple of questions. Do you have any plans to release the Gundam 00 film Awakening of the Trailblazer? Short answer, yes. Long answer, watch this space for info. Yes, yeah, indeed, yeah. Hopefully we'll be able to talk about that relatively soon. Um, again, obviously, depending on, you know, outside forces as they currently are. Um, but yeah, you know, like much like our Gundam Wing release, where we kind of released the, the film and, you know, a box sold and everything, we're, we're looking into what we can do in, in a similar similar sense for, for Gundam 00 with the, the film and, and OVAs. So um, yeah, it's, it's very much uh, in the works. It's coming down the pipe relatively soon so uh yeah we'll we'll hopefully be able to talk about that quite soon favorite wholesome slice of lice anime from the 2010s 
Uh, okay, I mean the the one that I always gravitate to, you know, so much so that it's my avatar on my social media is a Hidamari sketch. Like that, that is still my sort of go to wholesome slice of life thing. There's quite a lot of it. Um, it's very very chilled out and relaxed and happy and friendly. Um, so that's a really good time. Um, Kon is also you know a kind of a, a classic that you know I think has stood the test of time pretty well. So uh, so that's always worth checking out. Not um, just because it's one of ours, but I'd probably say. Manchu on that front yeah, yeah a Manchu is, is a really good one yeah like as, as we kind of mentioned on, on last week's podcast that is, that is a very good anime to watch at this particular point in time um so yeah like it's, it's the, the nice thing about like working from home for me is I can just swivel around in my office chair and actually look at my anime collection <laughs> which is what I've been doing to try and find inspiration for some of these questions you mean you're not just working from memory <laughs> no I mean look there's a there's, there are a lot of shelves here that's what I'm saying um but uh, yeah I, I think Hidemori Sketch and Kon are the, the main two for me like they're, they're the ones that if I'm in that kind of mood they're always the two that will pop up in my head first and that I'll gravitate towards Mm. I only um I've only seen the first couple of episodes, but I would say what's the one that's currently on Crunchyroll? Is it a Somalian the Forest Spirit? Oh yeah, see, I'm not actually slamming. I mean, in fairness, we're in 2020 now, so it doesn't count. But there you go. But I, I technically saw the first couple of episodes last decade because it was at Comic Con, so that's the reason I mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess some of Kaon still is still in the 2010s, so I guess I get I get away with that one. I'm suddenly suddenly like realizing like how far. How far forward we are in time. It's like, I know, right? At the start of this podcast, I didn't know what day it was. Now I don't even know what year it is anymore. Don't know what decade it is. <laughs> <laughs> and our final question, oh, from, a good, from a good friend of ours, Andy, from Mr. Stuart Claw of Comic-Con fame. If you've been to many a panel at Comic-Con, chances are you've heard his voice. Give him a follow as well while you're at it. At Stuart Claw on Twitter. Give him a follow. So, if you could release... A, Oh, this is a question, flipping heck. If you could release your own flavour of anime-related Pepsi Max, what would it be and why? He says, mine would be Pepsi Max ReZero, and the taste just keeps coming back to haunt you. Hmm, I mean, I mean, for the first question is, is how much am I getting paid by Pepsi to do this? Uh... <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Straight back to the money. Yeah, yeah, because that's, that's a very important note. Um, phew, I don't know. Like, um, I, I mean, I mean, I, I, I just, I still want to make some Evangelion LCL iron brew, but that's, you know, maybe you know, a little too far off. I was literally about to say, just like Pepsi Max LCL, where it just looks like it's from Evangelion, but yeah. that might be a bit too grim. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, there, it, it might be, but you know, people would buy it, so, you know, why, why not? Um, yeah, I don't know. If we're counting Transformers, what about just Pepsi Max Energon? <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, you could, you could <laughs> do something, something nifty and nifty with that. I mean, I, I kind of like get going back to our previous Connoisseur talk. Like, I wonder whether you could make some kind of Connoisseur range of Pepsi because you've got, you know, you've got a few different colors you can go for there. You've got like a strawberry one, could be Mega Min. You could have some kind of blue one for aqua i don't know i'm running out in already. a weird way i'm kind of surprised you didn't pick ginger for megumin only because of kind of just the fiery flavor of it yeah yeah i mean that's that's probably the smarter way to do it yeah i was thinking purely on color but yeah like flavor wise yeah i like now i'm thinking about it, there are quite a lot of, of series you could probably do an interesting kind of you know a, a, a handful of different flavors to, to match the characters um, so mm. uh, so yeah, like I, I know I'm I'm, I'm going to go with Konosuba, having not thought this through completely, just because Konosuba. <laughs> what it's a pe- Pepsi Max Konosuba? Yeah, no, it's, it's my Konosuba, <laughs> my Konosuba range. You can have the darkness one, which I know I, I I don't even know what would be in any of these, but uh, 
what would the darkness one do? Like, yeah, what kind of flavor would it be? Would it would it be tangy? Would it just be happy? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I even want to think about that too much. I know, right? <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna like, leave that in the ether. Like, you know, write, write in if you have good ideas for kind of super themed drinks. <laughs> Oh, we've opened up a can of worms there, I bet. Yeah, you so, see, I feel, like, I feel like that's the more interesting question of, like, anime-themed cocktails. Like, you know, what what series would have the best range of, like, anime-themed cocktails? And Bartender doesn't count. I'm trying to think of another... I nearly said a really dumb question, a dumb statement. I said, what anime has a bar in it? <laughs> <laughs> Quite a lot do. Yeah, one, one or two. Uh, so you know what I think that is a good point to, to leave this particular episode but thank you very much for listening everybody we're going to be back on Friday and as mentioned we will be talking the first three episodes of Card Captor Sakura so if you want to check out those three episodes on all four you can do that right now Andy anything you want to close out with before we wrap up this here Wednesday uh, I don't think so just uh, as always just take care and stay safe everybody indeed take care everybody and thank you very much for listening bye